everybody. Welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 13, and we're going to be talking about Joyride today. I'm GC13. I'm Ken. And I'm Dakota. I'm back. Woo! Finally got out of the hospital with all that damage to your feels. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's going to be some long-term recovery, but... Yeah, Steven bombed in a number on a lot of people. You got nothing to be ashamed about. So I think my brain is still fried. Um, I've told you guys, I don't know if our readers know, but this last week I've been in Missouri debating for the entire week, and my brain is still fried, so I don't know that I have a whole lot of deep thoughts on this episode. <laughs> the whole Steven being his own mom bit was really awesome. <laughs> that entire scene was kind of awkward. Yeah, that was funny. I laughed every time they brought that up. I know, I'm just happy that the second episode of the season and they decide to start going with the Peridot storyline. Yeah, I know you're a really big proponent of trying to get Peridot on the team. I want all three of them on the team, but I think Peridot's the most likely. You know, I think that if we were going to get Lapis, she would have joined at the end of season one. So that that big refusal meant Peridot became the next most likely. Hmm. I don't know that I would like all of them on the team, because then we would just have this huge, big group we'd have to shuffle around. And I don't know that I would want to see all of them be trying work into every single episode. And I just don't think it's going to be a possibility that Jasper would ever join. At the very least, I want to see Jasper hang out in Beach City, you know, maybe help out at the fry shop every so often. Uh, I don't see that happening. That would be kind of a, a neat alternate universe. So, uh, Ken, how did you feel about the episode? I thought this was a really good episode. It had a lot of character stuff, which is, again, what I'm primarily watching this show for. I liked like seeing the teenagers' personalities and all of that. They were all really funny, doing a lot of cute stuff. The way they treated Steven was really adorable to me. It's kind of weird that, again, I see Steven as being eight, so maybe that's a controversial opinion, but you have these people who are probably around 16, 17, and they're willingly hanging out with this eight-year-old, and they seem to really admire him. I guess that's kind of one of the points of the show, that Steven's a special person, and he's destined to be like the leader of humanity or whatever. But that always seems strange, but it's really endearing in its own strange kind of way. Yeah, I really get it being as closer to 10, although from what I hear, we should find out sometime this season for sure what age he is. I kind of like the vagueness with his age, but I mean, because when we do know that his age is kind of vague, a lot of these different scenarios make more sense. What makes you think that we're going to know later on this season exactly how old he is? Uh, well, we know that they promised in Jailbreak that there would be a birthday episode. I mean, they, they didn't come out and say there's going to be a birthday episode, but come on, there, there's going to be a birthday episode. We know this. I guess, but I don't necessarily think that means they're going to tell his age. It'd be kind of tough to have a birthday episode without it, don't you think? Well, I was just thinking back to so many birthdays, and now that I do think about it, it wasn't actually his birthday in that episode. It was the gem's birthday, or at least it might as well have been. So you're thinking that if they do a birthday episode, it'll be like on Home Improvement with Wilson's face? They'll just find every silly way to keep us from finding out what age he is? I don't think they would go that far, but wouldn't that be great if that is what happened? That would be really funny. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, you have one candle for every year old I am. And then you, then we can't see the cake because there's like a balloon in the way. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? I just realized there's actually in one of the comics that he has a birthday where Garnet makes him a cake. I wonder if maybe just looking on there, we could count the candles on that cake. Hold on. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, that'll be one of the early. That'll be one of the early comics. <laughs> That's the frosting only cake that Garnet manages to come up with. It's beautiful. Ah, uh, there's no cake. There's no candles on the frosting only cake. Yeah. Uh, they thought it through. <laughs> Darn it. No. Nope. They're so sneaky. It really is a conspiracy. Just don't yep. want us to know how old he is. It's the great birthday cake conspiracy. Yeah, I thought I thought this episode was okay though. Ken really liked it. I I got no complaints. 
I really liked this episode. I thought it was a really, I thought it got back to what I really like about the episodes where they start kind of casual and we do get a lot of personal development, but it's also really dramatic in a nice way. I really liked that. I just wanted to see you laughing in the pizza ring. <laughs> I love that Steven was like, is that a reference to something? Because I immediately thought that. I didn't know the Purple Rain song, and that was great that he said that. Yeah, same here. I didn't get it. I'm sure a lot of people gave Purple Rain another listen thanks to this episode. I know I did. I immediately opened a new tab and searched in the... All I wanted to do was see you laughing in the rain, and I thought that was neat. <laughs> I loved how serious pizza, or Steven was. Pizza rain, but no pizza clouds. That was great. Stephen is kind of an idiot. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. But that was classic Stephen. Yeah. Paradox Escape Pod managed to survive that crash pretty well, don't you think? I mean, did you see that crater? I'm surprised she just left it there. I mean, there was some fan theory that we actually saw her in this episode, the overhead shot. Someone circled this little green blob that looked like Paradox Dorito hair. Yeah. So I'd, I'm maybe not... she was wandering off or something. I think maybe, I don't know. I did appreciate that the crop circles were literally caused by aliens. <laughs> I did like the crop circle reference. I thought that was pretty funny. I liked Steven writing his name in the field. Let's oh, get yeah. to what was really great about this episode. Let's talk about the selfies. How great were those? <laughs> Earth forever. It's pretty amazing. I'm serious. Those selfies were great. and I, I liked the selfies on a couple of different levels. First, I really liked that they were incorporating like the idea of selfies into a cartoon like this. And I think that it's showing how our culture is changing and how it's just so simple to think that like selfies are just a thing. We don't even think they're just so normal now, but I also really like how they incorporated them into the episode and an animation perspective. Um, how when they were taking the selfies, instead of seeing them take the selfies, we just saw the pictures. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was well done. I liked how Buck gave the counter argument against selfies, you know, that sometimes he likes to live in the moment. That was pretty funny. I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be a joke or not, or if they were really just presenting like a counter-argument. It seemed like it was trying to be played for laughs, but there really wasn't anything that funny about it. It was just an alternate perspective. I don't think it was a joke, like ha-ha joke. I think it was just like a, oh, this is a neat little commentary. This is the way we live our lives now. It, w it was funny because Buck says something deep, and then he says, and also the lighting's kind of weird. Or pretty weird. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. I forgot for, about that joke. That was it. I have a deep philosophical reason, and also it's a bad place to take selfies anyway. I also yeah. liked the selfies towards the end of the episode, when we saw all of the cool kids grouped up yeah. with each of the uh, gems. And it just made me start wondering, like, you can see the obvious parallels between Amethyst and Jenny, and between Buck, Dewey, and Garnet, but, like, what are the real parallels between Sour Cream and Pearl? They're lanky and pale. Yeah, but that's just, like, a graphical comparison. And if you just want to think about that topically, then, you know, Buck Dewey and Garnet Glasses. I, I really think that it's Amethyst and Jenny that are the ones that aren't all that similar. I think Sour Cream and Pearl, and especially Buck Dewey and Garnet, are really obvious. I, I think Jenny and Amethyst tell is me the what more you don't subtle. Think about, tell me why you think that's subtle. I think that um, Jenny and Amethyst's relationship is pretty obvious. I mean, they have very similar personality types. That, that's why Steven paired them up on a beach party. But other than that, I, I don't see too much similar between them. Other than their personalities? Well, I mean, but with Pearl and Sour Cream and with Buck and Garnet, it's a very visual similar similarity. I mean, Sour Cream, I mean, neither Buck Dewey or Sour Cream are particularly talkative, but I think that, you know, Buck talks a bit more than Sour Cream does, so... 
as of this episode, I think we have an updated mom count. We have Square Mom, Herb Mom, Purple Mom, Grudon Mom, Kyogre Mom, Donut Mom, Dad Mom, Water Mom, Dorito Mom, and Cheeto Mom. Owen. Owen Mom. Uh, enough with the Doritos and the Cheetos. You're just mad because you don't have snack chip moms. Make it stop. You don't like that? You don't like them being moms? Why not? I want a better name for them. I mean, Bird Mom is okay because of the nose. And Square Mom, you know, the hair, come on. But uh, Dorito, no. Not in my Steven. But Dorito and Cheeto rhyme. It's perfect. And we know Steven's all about the snacks. We know Steven is all about the snack food, so it just makes even more sense. And if you Google uh, Buff Cheeto Puff, all you're going to get is pictures of Jasper. I'm going to go do that right now. You think I'm kidding. I'm not. Buff Cheeto Puff, go to pictures, all Jasper. Okay. Oh my god. I feel like the butter-passing robot from Rick and Morty. My life is a lie. (laughs) Another thing that was interesting about this episode was what exactly is Sour Cream and Onion's relationship? Are they stepbrothers or half-brothers? Because we know that, uh, I think we can safely assume that Yellowtail is Sour Cream's stepdad, and we can also probably pretty safely assume that Onion is uh, Yellowtail's son, so what do you guys think? Do you think that they're they're just like stepbrothers and they have completely different biological parents entirely or do you think they're half brothers and they have the same mom hmm. i have no idea that's a that's a tough call to make i think that they're more half brothers than step brothers and that you know their parents have been married for a while because i think that makes sense because if they were just step brothers and they had just like their parents had only recently gotten married i don't think it would make a whole lot of sense that yellowtail was so pushy about uh sour cream wanting to become a dj I think if that were the case, he would just be all like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. At the same time, I don't think that the writers actually put that much thought into it. And so while your logic is probably solid, I don't really know if I'd be willing to follow it through. Maybe not, scenario. but I know we got the name leaked for Vidalia, which is a type of onion, and I think it's probably going to be Onion and Sour Cream's mom. So I think it might be somewhat important. I'm not sure. Hmm. I have this crazy headcanon right now that there are onion people that Rose made by like taking onions and making them turn into gem people and like they're completely separate species from humans and sour cream vidalia onion and yellowtail are all onion people uh, you and these crazy creepy rose related theories Jeez. i don't think that one's super creepy not as creepy as the other one i don't know creepy but the other one just kind of like popped up in my head but why not why can't there be onion people it makes sense that their skin is so white and that onion himself doesn't have any ears everybody knows that onion is the reincarnation of yellow diamond but Yellow Diamond's on the homeworld. That's what Jasper thinks. Okay. Okay. She just thinks that Yellow Diamond is a recluse who doesn't get out of the house very much. So can I just mention how cold Garnet was when she thought that it was Peridot in that pod? I mean, she's all set to punch that escape pod out of, out of Earth's orbit. And uh, um, I don't see how that would be a wise thing to do unless she thinks that she can punch it so that Peridot doesn't find anybody ever again. She'd just be floating in space forever. And that's pretty mean. Well, she was probably intending to kill Peridot, is what I assumed. Hmm. I mean, I was about to say, I'm wondering why Peridot didn't just get back in her ship and fly back home if it was still working. But Peridot isn't aware that, like, they sent the um, shooting star to the homeworld warp. So maybe she was thinking she could go to the, find a warp, go to the homeworld warp and fix it. But the galaxy warp is yeah, probably maybe. all exploded now. Yeah, but you'd think that she would at the very least use the escape pod, unless it was damaged and it took time for it to self-repair. Maybe. I'm not sure. 
I feel like it's going to be significant in some way later on, but I don't know. I'm really curious. I'm just kind of surprised that the Crystal Gems didn't put more effort in finding that escape pod. I mean, it was just sitting there very clearly visible from from the air. Maybe, but we don't know how far away this actually was from Beach City. Yeah, we don't know how far away it was. I wonder if the gems are actually jumping or if they're really just flying. Because, I mean, have we have we seen anything to the contrary that they can't fly or that they're jumping? I don't know. We know that they can hover in place as long as they want. We've seen Garnet and Pearl both do this in different episodes. So they, they clearly have some uh, pretty good amount of control of how much you know pull gravity has on them at the, at the moment. Well, here's what I'm thinking. Because we know Lapis can fly, but she has the water wings. But I think it's more her magically being able to fly than the wings actually propelling her. Because, I mean, how much sense does that make that wings of water are going to make this gem lady fly? Especially through space where there's nothing for them to beat against in the first place. Right. But also, like, the counterpoint to that, I think, is that if we think they're able to levitate just because we've seen them do it in a few dramatic moments, how do we know that the writers and the animators didn't do that just for the dramatic moment? I mean, I remember, I don't remember which writer it was, but they were talking about how, like, the gems don't have any specific heights. They only have heights in relation to each other, and then that they just the want each shot to be really dynamic. Yeah, I don't think that when we saw, for instance, in uh, Coach Steven, where Pearl was levitating in front of uh, Sugalite, that was... That was evidence that she has the ability to levitate. I think that was just for the shot to be dramatic. Or when Steven turns off the TV in maximum capacity, same thing. You are both wrong. They would not draw these things if they did not have the power. I do not. I think that the TV going off was definitely part of Steven's power. I don't think that the levitating was necessarily indicative of any kind of power from anyone. Although I guess it's kind of like, maybe the argument is loose there. Maybe the argument is like, well, they can if they want to. They jump all over the place. Big time. How do we know they don't have gravity powers? How do we know that their powers just aren't necessarily an issue? Can you jump or can you fly? But they have powers that help them control gravity like stuff so that they can change their gravitational pull to be pulled towards the home world or, you know, and maybe that Lapis is her wings were completely, they were just aesthetic and her gem needed to be fixed so she could use her gravity powers. Well, I don't know. Lapis Lapis seemed pretty insistent that she needed her wings. Not that she needed to be able to fly through space. She needed her wings. So she never said anything about her wings. She just said she wanted to go home. I might be wrong. If I am, I will bite my tongue and apologize. But as far as I'm aware, Lapis said that she just wanted to stretch it far enough, but it's never going to work. She just wanted to go home. Yeah, and I think she did mention something about her gem being cracked, but she never said anything about her wings. I'm looking at it, but she she sprouts the wings before she does it as well. I don't see why every time she's trying to fly, she has her water wings. I don't know why she'd do that if they weren't necessary, you know? I think it might just be symbolic. It might be that they're necessary to fly, but it's still magic that's helping her fly, because I just don't see how it makes any sense to be able to fly with water. Yeah, of course the gems are magic. That's kind of what they do. So we've been babbling about Joyride for a while, but we got next week coming up, Say Uncle, and we finally be getting a whole bunch of clips from it in the commercials, and they got a 39-second clip that they put out where Uncle Grandpa breaks the fourth wall big time. I'm so hesitant about this episode. I was so excited until we saw that it's just an outright, straight-up crossover. I figured it was going to be someone who looked like Uncle Grandpa, and I'm still hoping it's going to be good, but I don't know. I'm... I don't know how to feel about it anymore. I think the clip looks really good. I was really excited when he did the, I don't worry, kid, I'm wearing a helmet. I thought that was funny. But that fourth wall break in the long preview is something else. I think it's definitely going to be worth watching. This episode is going to be great, and I cannot wait to drink the tears of everyone who's going to hate it, because I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. (laughs) 
guess I need more faith in the Crooniverse because I want to believe it's going to be great. I just, I'm worried. I am very worried. I think, I think they pulled it off. It, that's, that's the, everything I've been seeing that they're putting out makes it look like they pulled it off. My only hope is that there's a major canyon affecting event in this that cannot be ignored and is important throughout the entire series. That's what I'm really, really hoping for at this point, even though I know it's not going to happen. Well, timeline wise, timeline wise, this one actually does take place before the return. And if Uncle Grandpa is there to help him learn how to summon the shield, and he did use that shield to protect them from the ship. So indirectly, that is pretty important. Not big enough. Uh, I don't know. That's pretty important. I will say also, I did think it was pretty great that Steven just intuitively knew who Uncle Grandpa was and probably was like, who are you? Of course, of course he knows who he is. Every, every, everybody knows Uncle Grandpa. He's everybody in the world, Uncle and Grandpa. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty nice detail. Except Pearl, you know, Pearl, Garnet Amethyst, they're aliens. They don't count. They have no, they have no parents. Therefore, they have no uncles or grandparents. I guess this does confirm one thing, though. This confirms, we were, I remember we were talking about in a past podcast as to whether or not there really are supernatural things or there's only gem magic and no other supernatural things. This does confirm there are other supernatural things. I'm looking forward to the Keep Beach City Weird post after this. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, you're right. It's a good point. Ronaldo's going to complain that Steven's hogging Uncle Grandpa to himself. Although we haven't gotten a Keep Beach City Weird post in a few weeks, actually, since the return. I'm kind of surprised that we didn't get something for Joyride. I mean, he could have at least mentioned the flare. I mean, come on, Ronaldo, step up your game. I don't know. I think it would have been funny if he had mentioned, like, him being home and all his friends were out or something like that. And <laughs> he spun it like, but, you know, we warriors of the truth have to be vigilant or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm just waiting for after, after say, Uncle, somebody doing a fan comic where Ronaldo asks Uncle Grandpa for help. And Uncle Grandpa's like, uh, sorry, kid, even Uncle Grandpa has his limits. <laughs> it would be great. I'm Uncle Grandpa Ronaldo, not a miracle worker. It is possible now for Amethyst to eat pizza Steve because we know that a uh, giant realistic flying tiger is going to be in the episode. Yeah. We know that Uncle Grandpa's going to be in the episode. So maybe pizza Steve and the uh, alligator guy. Oh, Mr. Mr. Gus, they'll be there too. Just want to mention the ratings. So this week, Steven Universe was at 1.342 million, which is significantly down from what it normally is. And it was in third place, not second place this week. It was behind Teen Titans Go and Regular Show. Regular Show being at number one, which is pretty unusual. Yeah, I, I have no idea what the heck happened this week. I'm just baffled. I mean, this was this was yep, weird. Strange stuff. Those are some strange ratings. So uh, hopefully Say Uncle does better and then Story for Steven kicks some butt. Well, I guess that's that. We'll uh, see you all next week, hopefully after some of the smoke is cleared and the uh, furor has died down. Until then, I'm GC13. I'm Ken. And I am Dakota. We'll see you guys next week. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.